Welcome to the Be The Solution podcast with Maria Quattrone. Good morning, everybody. This is Maria Quattrone with Be The Solution Podcast. And today I welcome my guest, Kyle Seabeth. And Kyle, today, uh, welcome to Be The Solution. And it's our belief that we should live our lives by being the solution and giving values to others. Our purpose is to teach others how to be the solution. And our goal is to help our listeners become their own solution. And the mission is to inspire people to become problem solvers, and our vision is to change the way that people think. What if everybody lived their lives by being the solution? So welcome, Kyle. Hey, how you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. I think there's one thing uh, real quick to, to, to start off. There's like, I have one mantra that I live by about people, right? And you just kind of hit it on the head and you cried, I mean, by accident, but that's what you guys do. There's two types of people in this world. There's problem solvers and complicators. And I tell people all the time, you have to work to be a problem solver. Too many people are complicators. They're hurdles, they're roadblocks, they're walls. You get what I'm saying? Like, why can't we just try to be problem solvers? So great, great, great job with that be the solution um, kind of mindset because I think it's it's huge. And I think if we can adapt it, ad- adopt it, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So Kyle, um, I'm glad that you said that because here's what happened back, uh, I guess about eight months ago or so when we decided to do this, some, one of my staff said, well, why, why do people hire us? And I sat there and I thought, because we do a lot of expireds Mm -hmm. because we're problem solvers. We are face challenges. I don't look at that house and say, that's a piece of crap. Nobody's going to buy it. I say, okay, yeah, there's challenges. There's not been too wiring. It's 1970s carpet and you want the price for 2000. Like it's renovated <laughs> in 2000. So yeah, let's yeah. figure out how to get it done. Right. And that's what you do. They hire us because they can't do it on their own. They hire us because we solve problems. They hire us because we're that intermediary in between a buyer and a seller. Right. Our job is to facilitate the sale and get it from point A to point B. The problem is, I mean, I'm going to put a number out there and it may be different in your area. 75% of agents become the problem versus become the solution, right? So that's the issue that we have is that we're trying to teach our agents right now. I have 125. We're trying to teach these guys how to be problem solvers. How do you solve a problem, not be the problem, right? And I think that's what we're hired for. We're hired whether we're on the buy side or on the sell side. Hey, if we're on the sell side, how can we help them? get the most amount of money and sell this the most efficient way possible. If we're on the buy side, how do we get you into the house and make sure that you're comfortable, not only with the house, with the payment and with the, with the resale down the road. So we have to be whatever hat we wear. We have to be that person. That's that in between the go between, between the buyer and the seller. And that's the, that's the real value that we have um, in my opinion as agents. Yeah. So you're teaching your agents how to do that. And is that through, you're actually showing them. I watch your videos. Yeah, I mean, what I've done, um, so the past nine years has just been me. So how we operate now is Kyle is one division of the broader kind of spectrum, right? So Kyle runs me, obviously, right? I sell and, and I help people sell and buy. And I am my own 
entity, right? So on my own, I do 500 sides a year. That's just me. That's no buyer's agent. That's no set. That's no listing agent. That is me and all my clients. What we've done a year ago, probably six months ago now, is we decided let's start a brokerage and let's get a bunch of people that want to grow their own brand, people that either want to be part of kind of what I've built and be, you know, mini versions that will grow to that point. And then let's just get people that want to do their own thing and just come in here and try to learn the business. So what I've done is I've said, okay, great. For those folks, let's offer a coaching program, an eight-week program for anybody that's in the brokerage. Let's allow them to come in and get an hour with me per week. And then let's do an hour and a half every week where we're going to do some, some either warm or cold cold calling, right? So we're going to get on the phone. We're going to hammer the phones and we're going to do some lead gen stuff. So we're starting to do that on an eight-week eight week basis. And, and what's happening is it's now transforming into something bigger. We're looking at transforming that into a team within the brokerage where we kind of call it like the, the killer bees or whatever that looks like where we are just going to lead generate in a group as a team. And, and I'm going to be there to kind of oversee it as I continue to start, sell and stay relevant because I think that's the key. If the leader, it's like lead by example versus just telling them what to do. I'm out there doing the same thing you're doing. I'm following up on the same leads. We're all in the same boat. Well, and that makes a difference. I, you know, when you take the action and you show them, because I say, listen, I'm not going to tell you to do anything that I'm not already doing. So leading by example is, is key. I want to go back for a second. So I know uh, one of the reasons I reached out to you because I was so impressed by the fact that you do that many transactions with no buyer agents or listing partners on that. That's extremely rare and extremely impressive. So tell me, I want to know about your daily schedule. I want to know how you facilitate that many sides. Of course, you have assistants that are handling paperwork and all that, but how you personally do that. What's your secret sauce? So so I am very, very good at delegation, things that don't generate income. Anything in my day, and that's as simple as eating. I don't spend any time on doing anything that's not going to generate income to the to myself or the brokerage. So what that looks like is I'm in the office usually at 6.30. I meet with my director of operations at 6.30 to 7.15. We figure out what the day looks like, what the week looks like, any problems from the prior day, and we kind of get that brokerage piece out the window. About 8 o'clock, I then meet with my scheduler who does my schedule for the next three, well, for every day, but we look at three days in advance to make sure we know Okay, if I'm blocked every half hour from nine o'clock to eight o'clock, right? These need to be income generating activities. If they're not, when we meet, we cross off and we delegate. So we have what we call three runners. Three runners are people that cover inspections, appraisals, walkthroughs, things that I don't need to be doing because they're my clients and we're already beyond that point. I also have a staff of probably five to seven in inside admins that help with emails, paperwork, offers, contracts, scheduling, all that sort of stuff. So really delegating. I'm in front of buyers and sellers. That's it. Meeting with buyers, showing them houses, meeting with sellers, trying to get their houses listed, comping out houses, meeting with investors, meeting with different people, centers of influence. So I've really focused the last four or five years on that, specifically on that, taking away anything that's not a good use of my time. And that opportunity cost of me doing something that either doesn't generate income or is a very low, kind of low on the totem pole task, that's a huge cost for me to give up. And that's how we're able to generate that many size because 
at the end of the day, my at bats, right? So the amount of opportunities I have every day with a buyer or seller is so large that I just have to hit a certain percentage to make sure that we get enough people in houses. So how many appointments are you doing on the daily? I mean, today, I mean, I probably do 10 to 15 a day. And on a weekend, I can crush 25 to 30 if I have the, the runners doing at the same time. Like, so what does that mean? You're going sh on sh to show or you're going to list or both? Both. So, like, for example, this morning, let's just look at today, for example. Yeah. I have you. I've already been in the office, right? I came back home. I hang out with my kids for a little bit. So I have I have you um, now. I have a 9 o'clock closing. I have a 9.30 call with a buyer. With a buyer. I have a 10 o'clock um, appointment with one of the agents. I have a 10.30 listing appointment, 11 o'clock listing appointment. And then I've got buyer showings pretty much from 12 to 4. And then I pick back up at 5 and go 5 to 8. So it's usually, you know, in, in between either buyer showings or listing appointments. It's kind of what it looks like. So the only thing you're doing is going on appointments. You are you have somebody else is making the calls behind you, the lead follow-up on the appointment? or So, yeah. So we have an inside sales staff um, that's following up. So my scheduler who sets all the buyer appointments, she's following up with all those buyer leads that we take out and look at. So every day, every week, she's following up with those folks. And then the inside sales people are working on all our lead flow that comes in, trying to set up new appointments. So really it's, okay, get me, like you two, all your job is to get me in front of people. Get me in front of as many people as you can every week. Give me as many opportunities as we can every week. How did you decide to do that? Trial and error. And I think it's always changing. It's always evolving. It's always adapting. Uh, adapting. Um, I think what happens is at the end of the day, I looked at some of the stuff I was doing and I was like, geez, if I keep operating at this level, I'm not going to be able to get to a certain point where I want to be. Right. My goal was always to be the number one agent in the country. That was always my goal. When I started, my goal was to have a, to, to have enough money to do a vacation a year. But as I got as I got into this thing and I started to see that they ranked people and people were like, hey, this person's ranked 10. This person's ranked 100. Even in the state, I was like, OK, let's start with the state. Let's be number one in the state. And then I said, oh, shoot, I have something here. I'm doing 191 sides. I'm starting to get on a national map, right? I'm top 100 or top 200 or whatever. Let's try to get to one. And it took me probably three years to go from 191 sides to 500 plus. And I was number one last year. And I'm hoping that this year, 2020, I ended up one. Um, but I think I did over 500 again this year. So we'll see. That's amazing. So you're generating opportunities mainly from your database. So you have a uh, radio TV. Do you do direct mail? Yeah, we do everything. So radio, I have a radio show. I do radio advertising. I have a TV show. I do TV advertising. I have a billboard. We do a lot of um, Zillow stuff. We do a lot of, we do everything possible. Um, and I always say to my people, if I spend $1 to make $2, I'll do that all day. So you've really infiltrated Rhode Island and Southern Mass. Yeah, I mean, I want, I mean, here's the crazy part. So you say that, right? And with all those sides, you would think, and I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think my percentage of sides and volume is for the entire state of Rhode Island? So because I study numbers <laughs> and it sounds like it's a, it's a lot, it is a lot from a manpower, but I'm going to guess that it's like 2%. 
1.3%. So guess what I say to my step, my agents, right? I say, look, you're going to have people that will be like, oh, you're going to compete with them and you're going to come in here, be scared because he's such a big player. I said, guys, look, I'm 1.3% of the market in Rhode Island. There's 98.3%, oh, 98.7% left. If you don't, if you, if you're worried about me and I'm 1.3%, you're in the wrong business. You need to go out there and say, there's this much stuff, opportunities left for me to take. Let's go take them. But that's the reality. I look at that and I look at, you know, I'm in Philadelphia, so I'm in a pretty big market here. Mm -hmm. And I look at how many sides are done. And I think uh, on the MLS last year, it was 20, around 25,000. So 25,000 units, close to 50,000 sides. Mm -hmm. Nobody has market share. Here. That's what I'm saying. Like fifty, we're 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 fifty thousand size. Like that's five hundred is one percent of that. Like if, you know what I'm saying. Like that's nothing. There's no one, no one that really like people perceive things a certain way when in reality they're totally different. And that perception reality disconnect is the reason why a lot of people aren't successful. Is because a lot of people look at things and say, "Oh man, he's too big of a player. Um, he's too big of a player." That at the end of the day. I can't take market share because he's in that market. Well, that's not true. I'm 1%. You know what I mean? Like you're, it's just crazy how people think. And it, it's a, it's like a self doubt belief that it's like a self fulfilling prophecy where you tell yourself you're not going to do it because of a reason. And it's just, it just happens. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, the, the main thing is, is that you're, you're out there, you're putting yourself out there, you're building your brand. I see a lot of people buying leads and mm-hmm. only buying leads. And I think it's a, a critical mistake, especially now. I think, especially the way that these companies are coming in and kind of taking over. Yeah. I mean, I, we do buy leads. We buy leads and I buy them because it allows the agent. Well, first of all, I buy leads on my end. So I'll just give you quick math on my end. So, so yeah. my Zillow spend on me, just me alone is about 15 K a month. And I do that because my return on that if I only convert two or three, my return is, is positive. Right. And I know I can convert more than two or three on that many opportunities, right. It's over a hundred and something opportunities per month. So I, I know that I can do that. So at the end of the day, we buy leads for our agents so that we can get people going. And I, I believe in the spaghetti theory. And what that is, is you take a lot of spaghetti, you throw it at the wall, something's going to stick. That's you right. start having kinetic energy and you're moving positive and you're moving forward. Something's going to work. So at the end of the day, that for me is um is the reason why we do that. It just gives us an opportunity and more at bats. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think that one of the things that's really important in the beginning is to build confidence and to get a little bit momentum, a little bit more momentum, because that kind of starts to speed up. And then with confidence, the more that you have, the more calls you're going to make, the more video text you're going to set, the more videos that you're going to do. And the more you're going to be out there and start to generate your own business outside of just that. Plus, I Some said- of my best agents, right, are like the, the we have a couple of newbies that one newbie, he was January last year. He started he did thirty nine transactions. Uh, he was in the lead gen program. We have another one who he just gets it like he's just helping. He, he acts as a runner. Sometimes he's doing the lead gen. He's doing the calling. He's doing the coaching. And this guy's already got seven transactions for the year um, pending. So like if you follow it and you believe in it and you have momentum, things just happen. 
It just comes to fruition. And I don't know why, and I can't explain how or what or why, but it just happens. And why argue with something that, that happens? It happened to me and it's going to happen to anyone behind me. I mean, it just happens. Well, I think it, I think when you put out the positive energy and spirit and you come from a, uh, a deep sense of giving and having, um, helping families at the end of the day, because that's what we're here. It's not so much like advocating, but it's right. like if somebody hires you to do something to help them buy or sell and you're not getting it done. Like in ASAP, the further away you are from that, the further that they have belief in you actually facilitating that process. 100% with that. So that that's, that's spot on. So tell me, I'm curious you went from you, which is three years ago. You were at about 191 to get up to 500. What are some of the things that agents can remove from their schedule right now to help free them up? So things that you can remove. I mean, I I say this in my coaching program is you have to look at your schedule and your calendar. How many things are you doing that aren't actually going to be revenue producing, right? So are you going to all your home inspections? Are you going to all the appraisals? Are you going to all the water meters? Are you going to the smoke detector inspections? What are you doing during the day as far as paperwork? Like, what are you doing that at the end of the day, you could hire someone $15 an hour to do? And you have to think about it like this. that that Those 20 hours that you utilize or waste on that, if you just get one transaction out of that, it pays for itself five times, five X, five, six, seven X, whatever that looks like. So you really want to focus on your lead gen. You want to focus on getting in front of buyers and sellers and focus on building your network. And by building your network, obviously with COVID, it's made it harder, but get in front of people, have, you know, do activities, get in events. Like you, no one's going to, you could be the best agent in the world and know everything about all the paperwork and all the documents and everything. But if nobody knows you, it doesn't matter, right? If nobody knows you or knows you exist, it's, it's irrelevant. It is irrelevant. So you have somebody driving you around to the appointments? I do, yeah. Yeah, so I have a driver. Um, he's with me. I have a guy that works four days and someone else works three days. So we're seven days. We're going, we're going seven days. We're going solid. Um, Usually the driver on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, he's with me from nine to like four thirty, and then I drive from five on. And then the guy on Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, he's with me from nine to eight, and then whenever I'm done, Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, again, that's something that here's here's how I look at that. If I can get one more deal done a week because I answer the phone more or because I'm able to lead gen a little more, that's worth it all day, and it allows me to be. It allows me when my clients need something, when they want, need, or, or, or need me to get back to them, there's no delay. It's just, boom, I can text them right back. I get in the car, I can text them. That's amazing. When did you start with that? About a year and a half. And how much did it change your business? Uh, uh, game changer. Not only my business, but my safety and my anxiety and my stress. Total game changer. Right. Like I'll be done with you. I'll go back to my office, grab the driver. And like, I've got like 40 texts right now to get through in this 20 minutes. <clears throat> um, but I won't have to stress about it because on the drive, I can just do them. Whereas <laughs> think about, <laughs> think about <laughs> it like this. Yeah. I mean, my phone goes every five seconds. It, it rings or texts, but at That's the end of the day, of text, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's ask anyone who knows me. They'd be like, it's, it's pretty insane. 
um, the amount of contacts and questions and answers and calls. But again, be, this is what I built. This is who I am. And I've got to, you know, you got to sleep in the bed that you make. Um, so the driver now, like I get in a car, I can just answer them. Whereas before <clears throat> I finished with you, I have 40 texts and five voicemails. Yikes. Now I have to drive and do all that. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. So how do you keep your mindset so strong? Um, I am very, I, my mindset is, is, is very, I'm very critical of myself, but at the same time, I know the potential that I have. And I know at the end of the day, um, that I really believe in being better today than yesterday and better tomorrow today. And, at, at, and, and what that does is it puts a mindset together where you can't stop that. It puts a mindset together where um, you just want to be the best version of you and you only get one chance, right? So you get one opportunity at, at life and you either take advantage of it or you let it pass you by. And I worked in corporate for 10 years. And what that did, what that did in corporate is that actually um, allowed me to realize that this is not me. Nine to five, watching the clock, just sitting back, letting things happen. That's not me. I need to make things happen. So how do you make things happen? You get in a career that's transactional. And that's that's one of the biggest things. And that was how long ago? Five years ago. So five years I've been doing this, 10, five years part-time, five years full-time. God bless. Amazing. So do you have a coach? I do not. Have you ever? I never have. I kind of did all this by trial and error. Trial and error. You, you fail forward fast. I fail forward fast and I fail a lot. Honestly, I mean, there's a lot of things I do that don't work, but I don't let it get in the way. What I do is I say, okay, at the end of the day, um, even though that didn't work the way I wanted it to, let's pick the pieces up and move on. Why do you think you have such a strong mental fortitude? I think it was the way I was brought up and the way I grew up in the, in the way that, you know, life is hard. It's always going to be hard. And at the end of the day, um, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And you have to, you're not going to be late for school. <laughs> I got to leave in like one minute. I might pick you back up on my cell phone. Okay. Um, did you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, at the end of the day, I think it comes from, from my upbringing, it comes from my athletic background. I had a background in sports and I think that was, that was really important. Because most people don't have what you have. They don't. No, they, you can't teach don't, that. It's don't, hard. They don't bring most, it. Like, they don't bring it. People aren't bringing it. Not only don't bring it, they don't want to bring it. They want to talk about bringing it, but they don't really want to bring it. So I see a lot of people that have, have, have success and their mental fortitude is really strong. I think that's yeah. one of the, the key components. I would say that real quick. I've got to get these guys to school. They've got to start at nine. Yeah, that's, all, uh, that's good. Um, I would say this real quick in, in, in conclusion. We are all a commodity. We are all real estate agents, right? We're a commodity. There's a million of us, right? I don't know the exact numbers, but there's a million Maria's. Yeah, a million yeah. Yeah. Million two, right? Yes. Okay. What makes you and I different from the rest is I think number one is our ability to be problem solvers and not complicators. But more importantly <clears throat> is a mental mindset that you can't, you can't teach it all. You have to have some of it inside of you. 
You have to be self-motivating. You have to have a will and want to be great. You have to have a desire to really, you have to have a desire to, um, okay. You have to have a desire to, uh, you have to have a desire to want more and always want to achieve and, and strive for more. So before my daughter murders me, I have to jump off of this. Kyle, it was so great to have you. I would love to have you again on the show. I'm down. Just let me know. You're, you're, I, I admire you and respect you a lot. Well, I I appreciate it. And I, and I would love to do this again. And, um, I thank you so much. Unfortunately, I had to get cut short a little bit, but, um, I, I really, before my, again, before my daughter slices my throat, we've got to to get this thing moving. Go get her to school. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Have a good day. (laughs) Have a good one.